I'm Tiana. And I'm Trav. And this is I Now Pronounce You. Where we reflect on our experiences and give our opinions. It can be hard to take the time to process it all. So we're making the time now. We welcome you to I, I Now, now pronounce, pronounce You. Hey, 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 okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Lord. What's up, everybody? Hello, hello. Welcome to a new episode of I Now Pronounce You. Welcome, welcome. I'm T. And I'm Trav. And we're going to get into it. Right to it. Travis Scott. Yes, ma'am. The warmer weather last week spoiled me. Same here. Same here. I was cold today. I was cold throughout the weekend. I wanted like 68, 69, sun shining, light jacket, feeling the warmth of the sun. The warmth. The warmth. Of you know? the weather. Yes. Doesn't it put you in a good mood? It does. I love the good weather. It makes it always makes me feel good. We have always said that we were <clears throat> fall people, but I think I'm changing my tune, babe. Yeah. Once we started getting some of this warm weather, I was like, warm weather, I missed you. Come on through, you know. And I know the fall is very similar temperature, but it's something about like the earth awakening. Yeah. That I'm like, oh yeah, I remember you. Oh, I forgot that it's nice to have 68, 70 degree weather. I was outside in the yard doing all kinds of things. I was enjoying myself. Yeah, you were. You were on a roll. Yeah, I was getting it done. I was highly surprised. (laughs) You were like that throughout the summer, but I guess I kind of forgot. And so, yeah, every opportunity you got, you were out there doing something. Yeah, if it's an opportunity to be outside and, you know, walk around and do things, I'm always out in that yard, you know. Is that what you look forward to this spring and summer, like doing things in the yard? Yeah, the more things I can do in the yard. I, I got so many ideas and, you know, you just start to fall into that rabbit hole on YouTube or the DIYs and and want to do dope stuff to your crib. So, yeah, no doubt, babe. No doubt. I want to get, like, some interactive things that we can put outside for the kids. Yeah. Um, I'm, I want to get, like, a trampoline. I want a volleyball court. Uh, not a court. A volleyball, volleyball net, yeah. A volleyball net. Um, I, I'm actually ashamed to be one of the people in my family that does not play volleyball. Like, it was a thing for the Proctors. Yeah. And I always... Every holiday. I was always nervous because they would be so competitive. And I had a cousin who actually, like, went to college off of a scholarship for volleyball. So it was just very intimidating as, like, a little kid to kind of step in the game. And everyone's like, ah, and you don't understand what you did wrong. So I always stayed away. It's like sitting down at the space table. (laughs) 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 But in my fam, uh, we used to do a lot of, like... uh, Believe it or not, in the Carolinas, we did a lot of baseball. Uh, my uh, great-grandmother oh, my had... I love that. Yeah, my great-grandmother had a huge field of just dirt dunes, and we would set up bases, and, you know, it was more so softball, of course, because it's kids, but so it's larger ball, underhand thrown um, over the home plate. And, uh, yeah, we enjoyed ourselves. That's, those are some of my childhood memories that I forget from time to time. That, yeah, you never told me about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Uncle Joan and Uncle Thomas and all those guys, they would uh, pick teams. I was always too young to, like, play. So, like, by the time we got old enough to play, all the everybody else was so old and nobody showed up anymore. So it was just one of those things we kind of watched. So I tried to recreate that with, like, dodgeball and, like, uh, you know, Oh, I have seen you play that with some of your cousins and stuff. Yeah. Isn't that crazy how, like, when you're young and your family is trying to create these memories and create... And you can't wait to get that old. (laughs) Yeah. But then it all dies off, and it's like, it's up to you to create those moments. Mm -hmm. And I actually messaged Kia today, and I was telling her, I'm like, Trev said he can't wait to go to Gilbert Run and, like, fire up the grill like an old man. And she was like, oh, my God, I was just thinking about that, and maybe we can you know, implement what we wanted to do last year. Because last year, we remember, um, so my cousin Kia and I, our grandmothers were sisters. And our grandmothers um, and their other siblings would meet at a park 
a local park and they would bring their grandkids and everyone would kind of commune and play and laugh. But what holiday was it though? Easter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they would but they would do that in different facets, but I definitely remember Easter and you know, it was a way for you to see, like, oh, that's so-and-so's kid. Yeah. And sometimes you would get together and you're like, oh, I go to school with them or I know them. And it was a way for you to kind of know your family Yeah. and kind of just keep tabs on everyone's growing and changing life. And you're not committing to much with just this once-a-year activity um, to kind of be around everybody. And everyone's say, welcome. I always say, who needs friends when you have cousins, you know? I have so many cousins, yep. but I cannot call <clears throat> More than like three that I can, that oh, wow. I can think of, and I have so many, but um, they're just not close bonds and relationships that you know. It's respect there, but it's just not a closeness um, that you would, you know, that maybe you would expect or you would want. Facts. And so, anyway, so Key and I thought like last year we were going to do this, and we were going to rent the pavilion ourselves we were going to put up the money for food we were going to do all of this and we said we'll just invite everybody and whoever comes comes like no pressure yeah no doubt you know what i'm saying and then the pandemic hit like as we were about to put money down on a pavilion yeah the pandemic hit and so you know she asked a couple times throughout the summer like hey you still want to do it i'm like no it was a hard no and you know she mentioned it i'm not really sure I told her something that we can still think about and still kind of see as the coming months are approaching, even if it's not Easter. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah. another time. Um, Especially with this warm weather about to hit, you know. Yeah, yeah. The, the options are open. Because I, I definitely do that on my dad's side of the family. Um, you know, we'll just go down my grandmother's, throw something on the grill, kind of talk, laugh for a few hours, and go about your day. And it's just mm-hmm. an easy way to reconnect. Yeah, especially on, like, Sundays. When we head down to the country to your folks' house, I always enjoy it. Um, and then, you know, me being married to you for so many years, I've just been in, injected into the family, and, and now I'm just part of the fam. And so it feels like my family because technically it is. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I just I enjoy myself quite a bit. And I got to show them that I am no slouch on that grill. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't shown it down. Oh, yes, you have. You have. I have, yeah. Um, you have. It's, yes, you have. And, and Pops would always... It, Pops can vouch for me these days. Yeah, because he comes over here and, yep. and you definitely grill and smoke and do all that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I don't know. The warmer weather last week kind of had me thinking about that. And I know we have still some cold days ahead, like this dreary kind of week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it fuels some excitement. Yeah. So I was upstairs a little while ago and, you know, Tyson was like, oh, are you, you know, are you in a meeting? Because he saw me in Zoom. But I was watching this live. So... Maryland Humanities put on this live with uh, a panel of two authors. They co-authored a book called I'm Not Dying With You Tonight. Oh, wow. And I've seen the title around. I've seen um, both women kind of on social media uh, and kind of wondered about the book when I've seen it out, but I hadn't purchased it. It's a YA novel, a young adult novel. And um, so they were just kind of talking about the themes in their book and talking about civil rights as a whole, which uh, it's, a, it's a friend group or, you know, two friends, yeah. one black and one white. <clears throat> so Kimberly Latrice Jones, um, who's an activist, she's just, mm-hmm. you know, really trying to do things in her community and make others aware of social injustices and things like that. And then her friend, who is Jewish, um, a woman by the name of Gilly, and they, you know, like I said, co-authored this book together. And just listening to their conversation, one of the things that came up, which I know we've talked about before, is code switching. Ooh, that's a heavy topic. And I thought that the host did a good job of kind of reflecting in that moment because sometimes you don't get to have these conversations, you know, in mixed company. Yeah. And so having it, she told a story of her own because she lives in D.C., and she was just telling the women that, you know, she uh, she grew up code switching as a means of survival because you wanted someone to think you weren't them, right? You're educated. I'm not them. I'm not the other. Right. I'm not that kind of black person. Do you know what I'm saying? So she would code switch, and then she said she, you know, has a daughter, and her daughter goes to private school. Her daughter's well-educated, yada, yada, yada. And they drove past a laundromat, and her daughter, it was called Coin Laundry, 
And her daughter said, <laughs> I know Mommy. coin laundry. <laughs> yeah. Her daughter was like, Mommy, they have a place to wash your coins. And she was like, in that moment, she just kind of realized, like, oh, my God, I've been slowly feeding my child the reality of the world. And because I don't want, you know, it to hit her all at once. And he, she was like, but she doesn't even know what a laundromat is. Yeah. And she was saying how, you know, not everyone is afforded the things that she's afforded. And that when people see her, they're going to see her as a young black girl. They're not going to see her as a girl, a black girl who's in private school who doesn't know what a laundromat is. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, she's so far removed from the things that people will think that she connects with, but yet that's not going to save her in those instances. I'm interested to know how she, she bridges that gap. You know, she didn't really go into it, but she was even surprised that she told that story because she was like, oh, my God, ladies, like I had never even mentioned that to anybody before. She was like, but I think everyone has a moment when you realize like, oh, things are different and I'm going to have to break this down to my kid because they're going to walk a different path. They're going to live a different, you know, um, life. And the the lady Gilly, um, who is the co-author of that book, she said that, you know, with her children being being white, she said they don't really have Jewish features. And so when they go out in their local community, they have like a town square. And so she'll let her middle schooler and their friends all go. And it's a diverse group of kids. Yeah. And she said she had to have the talk with her daughter because she's aware that black people have to have that talk with their kids. She made it her duty to have a conversation with her daughter like, hey, you hang out with a diverse group of people. So if you are jumping off benches and squealing and doing whatever in town, the police is probably going to call me to come get you or they're going to escort you home. Your friends won't have that same opportunity. Yeah. And so she was like, you know, just having... How responsible of her. Yeah. She was like, (laughs) just having little conversations like that um, really can help support being an ally and, and pushing, you know, just this inclusiveness. But... I don't know. I thought it was dope. And lately I've been popping in since Zoom is so readily available and there's so many free webinars where you can just um, register. They send you a link before a meeting. You hop in and you listen to a conversation. Um, I did one on um, like the education of, you know, eating a whole plant based food diet a couple months ago. And that was really, you know, just knowledgeable. Sometimes I think we get overwhelmed with, I must make all of these changes in the world right now. Yeah. It's a process. Yes, there's a process. And there's a point in time where you're just doing research. You are just gathering information. And so, you know, I really think that that is important to know that, you know, you you can just gather information and do it in a way that's not overwhelming to you. Yeah, I agree, babe. Yeah. So anyway, moving on. Um, We didn't drop an episode last week. Um, There was a lot going on, but I did start writing out an episode last week. So some of these topics I'm going to address today. One was, uh, you know, Chloe and Hallie, right? Yeah, I do. So they went on the Breakfast Breakfast Club probably within the last two weeks to promote one of their latest singles called 8020. Okay. So I haven't listened to the actual song but they broke down the essence of that song, you know, on The Breakfast Club. And it kind of prompted this question. Would you rather have, you know, the 80-20 rule? Yeah. Would you rather have 80% of what you want in a partner? Like, they're dependable, they're smart, they're caring, whatever. Or would you rather have that 20% that brings out that desire, that passion, that spark? Like, which one is worth it to you? Uh, interesting question. Of course, the 20%. You know, what? Yeah, of course, the twenty percent. Um, I have, I yeah. There's a lot of I have a lot of pet peeves, but um, I think a relationship without a spark and that that original natural thing that attracted you to that person, mm-hmm. um, you can build together. And I've always just kind of had that mind frame because the eighty just seems plastic. It doesn't seem real, mm. you know. So I just I feel I'll take the spark and then I'll work with my. You know, well, what I got, I work with my girl and we'll figure this thing out. But Thinking of the spark and the 20%, that just makes me think of baby boy. Like, Ooh. Jody was 20%. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, But no, look at it on a bigger scale. You know what I mean? Look at if you guys both have, like, a different perspective on life. 
But no matter what, that's still Bay though. You know what I'm saying? Like no matter nah, what. Nah, Trav. <laughs> Jody was twenty percent. <laughs> Jody wasn't twenty percent. Jody was an infatuation. He and had, I, he might have been five percent. You know what I'm nah, she loved Jody. Jody had, you know, he could put it down. Jody this, Jody that. Spark, he, spark don't mean sex though. But he didn't have the eighty. No, I said the desire, the passion. The desire brings out that Jody desire, that Jody passion no, in you. Jody ain't had no desire, to passion. It's Yvette. He did. Yeah. To Yvette, he did. I cannot think of a female character for you that I can think of that you would know that both of us would know. That would represent that 20%. Uh, Laura Winslow? No, 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 babe. Like, thinking of someone who, you know, maybe they're not that great of a parent. Or maybe they're that, you know, not that great of, you know, keeping up with things in the household. Or they can't really hold a conversation with your family members. But they, you know what I'm saying, they put it down. Or y'all have, like, this, this... Deep magnetic connection. energy between you, yeah. but then at the same time you looking around like, all right, what else? In some instances, yeah. I can't think of a character like that for you to kind of relate, but okay. that just makes me feel like so. I, so clearly, you chose the eighty percent, right? I think I would try. I would go with the eighty, and I would like how you're saying you would go with the twenty and work on everything else. I would go with the eighty and work on. That you can't work on passion. Yes, baby. you can. You can work on a magnetic connection between some. No, everybody because it dies and comes back out nah, again. Keep nah, it funky, babe. Nah. Yeah, I'm, I'm about to keep it real funky with you. Okay. So look, the you ever had a conversation with a friend or a family member, and they are just saying, you know, it's just something about this person. Mm-hmm. You know, they they got a great job. They they're checking off all the boxes that I have as far as what I look for in a person. Mm-hmm. But we just ain't clicking that like that. Passion is something that can't be created. You can't create a magnetic connection with somebody just because they check all your boxes. Because if that's the case, then everybody lying, y'all lying to each other. Something drew you to that person to begin with. So maybe you just need to the tap boxes, into that. The bo- the 80% boxes of all the things. All What's your favorite word, babe? All of the things. That's what I get from Courtney. <laughs> you know, just checking off boxes of, you know, this person has a, a great job and a career path that they're passionate about. This person is... Um, attractive and they're you know health conscious and they dress well and they smell nice. I'm still going with the eighty, but and, you know. And but, the reason I'm saying that is because I get what you're saying. Like there is like a natural instinct that you want. There is this, but at the same time, I really feel like that can be developed over time. Think about people that you've been friends with, and you're like, and I know this is different, but think about people you've been friends with, and y'all really weren't that tight. Y'all would hang out, and it's like, all right, this is cool. And then one day something just clicks and y'all are super tight and you're trying to call them to, to share this and that with. And you don't, you can't think of, you know, getting <coughs> married without that person being there or or trying out this new venture in life without having this person there. Like that comes over time sometimes, too, to build yeah, that. But um, this is why I say it's multifaceted. Like, you know, and I don't know if this could be even utilized as like a real example, but like. Um, people that come from two separate environments, and maybe I'm just a, a sap for like go ahead. We dreams, come, we dream come stories. From two separate environments. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, like I think about. Um, I'm of course I'm about to use like a fictional reference. Okay, go so ahead. So you think about uh, Jasmine and Aladdin. You know what I mean? The street rat, the princess. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that magnetic connection, they come from two totally opposite polar sides of the world. But no matter what, they are, like, so intrigued with each other. They're magnetic. Um, same thing with, you know, like, uh, you know, I, I hate to sound sweet, but, like, Little Mermaid and the Captain. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and they use, like, real-life examples. Like, there have been, you know, celebrity couples that just come from two opposite sides of the, you know, the spectrum that just have that magnetic connection. And I feel like that's what reality and real love is, especially when you talk about older people. Um, you know, I always thought it was very intriguing when I, you know, have conversations with like great aunts and great uncles or, you know, even past conversations I've had with my grandparents and to realize how much of polar opposites that they were, but they were just so... Like, there was just this unspoken connection between the two of them that they just, you know, there were quite a few ups and downs, but they were willing to work through those things because there was a magnetic connection that was unexplainable. And that's why I say I'll take the 20% because you can have people that check off all the boxes and those are usually the people that have affairs. And I've seen 
and I've seen the other coin, <clears throat> you know. I've seen the other coin of when I talk to somebody that's been married 10, 15, 20 years, and the only stories they keep telling is when they first met them on the dance floor. And yeah. and I look at them like, all right, but what else what else is there? Like that drew you to that person, but now 15, 20 years later, I don't I don't get yeah, it. I'm I can, not re- seeing I can it. relate to that cuz there's such a there's such a thing as like fatal attraction, of course. Like you don't want to like if you don't see you guys progressing like you can make that effort but that initial, you know, connection has to be there, I think. And if it doesn't progress into something, you have to have the responsibility within yourself to be like, you know what, this is actually doing more detriment than helping. Um, and there's, you know, you could potentially find something like that later in life. You may not, but... Because, babe, I'm telling yeah. you, if you are with somebody, let's say you just meet them, you go on a couple dates with them, and you're like, wow, okay, this person is funny, you know, they they seem to have a good path that they're that they're something they're passionate about in life. You know, maybe they are someone that is more on the healthy side and that's something that you wanna build on. And so now y'all are, are going down this path or this journey together. Over time, <clears throat> you guys having those conversations and sharing your interests and, you know, just building that, like that spark, that thing, that zing. Um, that will come. And if it doesn't come, then all right, then you got to evaluate yourself. But same with that 20%. Like if, if after that 20%, you know, maybe it's going on for about six months, eight months to a year. And you're like, all right, what else is there after that initial spark may start to sizzle a little bit, die down a little bit? I don't know. I respect that perspective. Okay. I, I guess we just see it from both sides of the coin. We do. And I'm interested mm-hmm. to see what you guys think. Like, which one you going for? You want that 80% or do you want that 20%? They they put this, you know, based on the concept of this song that I heard, they kind of flipped the script because people usually tell you, go after someone who has 80% of what you want and 20% where you're like, all right, we need to work on this. But they're saying 80% of like, you know, the boxes you might want to check off in somebody, but that 20% is that fire, that desire, that passion. Yeah, and I think that's that's interesting that we we, we view that differently because mm-hmm. I feel like, um, you know, things like passion and fire and attraction, those are things that are, those aren't boxes you can check. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like I can work on, I can work with somebody that need to, get their credit right or need to work on a resume or need Not to go back to school. To. You know what Not I'm saying? Don't want to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, you know, we're we're talking best case scenario. I mean worst but case if scenario. If it's eighty percent is already ingrained <laughs> in them. It's already what they want to do. So you telling me that I mean, so let's keep it a bean. So Harston Bra- Braxton Harston Brig, whatever his name is. You've been <laughs> trying to say that name for a couple of weeks. What is his name, baby? I can't say it. Braxton Harston Brig. Just go with Braxton from Jamie Foxx. Braxton from Jamie Foxx. Uh-huh. You know, or like a, or, you know, the, okay. Let's generalize this thing because I'm trying to like take it too far and it's not working. Yeah, because I'm done with that. I'm ready to move on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt, no doubt. We, yeah, we there. Go ahead, move to the next topic, baby. We, okay. We're not gonna give this this stuff too much time. All right. So I was watching Black Love sometime last week as well because I hadn't watched season four, I believe it was that came out last fall, and um, I watched it by myself. So I'm just gonna talk about it a little bit with you. So I really loved a lot of the topics that I saw in season four. It was about dealing with the spouse that's going through mental health issues. People were kind of sharing their their takes on that. Um, okay. It was about uh, being with a spouse who, you know, maybe didn't understand, you know, what you're going through with being pregnant and having young children and how your world shifts, yeah. you know, as a mom and trying to make sure that your husband also, like, aligns himself with that and understands that. Yeah. Um, and it was just touched on so many different uh, topics and subjects. But it was one couple, I can't think who they were. But uh, the question came up where they they just made this statement. And I don't think they answered it, but they made a statement to the camera. And they said, having a faithful spouse does not constitute having a good marriage. Ooh, speak on it. And I felt that with every <laughs> bean. And I feel yeah. like at some point within our first 10 episodes or so we did touch on it because I remember 
Kev on stage kind of having his wife checked him on that because he was going to work at the bank and he was seeing and interacting with so many people who were saying like, oh, Kevin's a good man. Oh, you know, you're so lucky, Melissa. And this happened and, you know, women going to him and saying this happened to me or, you know, my baby daddy did that or whatever. And he was like, I'm nothing like that. And he was going home and telling Melissa, like, you lucky you got me because you could be like some of these other women dealing with these other dudes. And she had to check him. And she was like, why are you comparing yourself to something that should be beneath you and your character? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no So doubt. going to that question, what do you think about that? Having a faithful spouse does not constitute having a good marriage. Yeah. I know that's a little bit different, no, but... It's, it takes a little bit more work than that. Because um, uh, <laughs> he, he or whoever it could be, you know, mm-hmm. her... Um, you know, if we flip the script on each side, I mean, being faithful isn't that hard, to be honest with you. The work comes in the marriage and the connection. Like, you got to actually, I always tell people this all the time, infidelity actually is the thing that takes work. You know what I mean? Like, you got to put yourself out there and try and, like, sneak around and check your phone and slide. Like, that's what takes work. I think being faithful is actually pretty easy. I think what's hard is just keeping that connection in your marriage because there's plenty of miserable, faithful people. Plenty of them. Yes. You know? And I think everybody, like, even we have to stop ourselves sometimes from falling into this trap or falling into a rut where... Mundane consistency. It's mundane or the connection just isn't there. And we're like, hold up, what's going on with us? And we have to kind of recheck in and and get it going again. And um, I think it used to be something that people kind of shied away from from talking about um, how in relationships, you know, there are sacrifices to be made. There are compromises. And sometimes you're going to get vocal about, like, I'm tired of compromising on this. Yeah. You know, or I'm tired. I feel like I'm sacrificing this. <laughs> and, you know, kind of seeing where it goes from there. And I I um, want to read an excerpt from Barack Obama's book. Sure. Um I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs of it and then kind of get your take on this. So first I have to say that I read Michelle Obama's entire novel. I thought it was dope. I really felt seen as a woman and knowing that, you know, every year, every decade, every, you know, moment you are still trying to figure out who you are and evolve into the person that you you think that you want to be. And in that book, she talked about marriage and she talked about being married to Barack and how, you know, they were, you know, people from the outside looking in always looked at them as these couple goals. And she agrees with that. But they had a lot of struggles within their marriage of being on the same page. Michelle did not want him to be in politics at all. Yeah. Point blank, period. And Barack initially started out going to law school because he wanted to be... um, basically like a civil rights person in the neighborhood kind of fighting for people's concerns. And he knew a law degree would help with that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it just started to escalate where, you know, he went out for um, a local seat. And then from the local seat, he got a state seat. And then from the state seat, he decided to run for president. And it happened in a very short period of time. And so um, it was interesting to read his book and see his take on some of the things that Michelle was saying yeah. uh, from her book. So here we go. Um, he said, I reached for her hand. I didn't say <laughs> I'm running, honey. I just said we can't d- dismiss this possibility. So he's talking about running for president, which he right. did not bring to her attention. But I can only consider if you're on board. I paused, seeing that none of her anger was dissipating. If you don't think we should, then we won't. Simple as that. You get the final say. Michelle lifted her eyebrows as if to suggest she didn't believe me. If that's really true, then the answer is no, she said. I don't want you to run for president, at least not now. She gave me a hard look and got up from the couch. God, Barack, when is it going to be enough? Before I could answer, she'd gone into the bedroom and closed the door. How could I blame her for feeling this way? By even suggesting the possibility of a run. By involving my staff before I'd asked for her blessing. I had put her in an impossible spot. For years now, I'd asked Michelle for fortitude and forbearance when it came to my political endeavors, and she'd given it, reluctantly, but with love. And then each time, I'd come back, asking for more. Mm. 
And it just made me think how, like, in marriages sometimes people will. And she's always very vocal, but sometimes a spouse will just keep swallowing a pill, right? Like, got to let them do this for them. This is their life too. Got to let them do this for them. No regrets, no regrets. But then in them swallowing that pill, they feel like they're losing sight of the vision that they have for their life. And so then it becomes at one at, at some point, who's wrong? Who's right? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a heavy topic. I think that, um, um, you know, if you have a life mission, like Barack didn't even know what his purpose was until he was like already too deep in to turn around. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things. It's like, yeah, babe, I know this is about to be real tough on both of us, but it's what it is. It's just kind of what it is, babe. Like, this is my purpose. Either you're here with me or, you know. But he even recognized, though, that at the end of the paragraph, he said, and then each time I come back again asking for more. So it's like he's coming. And he's saying, all right, Michelle. This is what we're doing, babe. And she's like, ugh, all right, fine. And then he comes back, all right, this is what we're doing. It's, it's the gray areas of life. It's unpredictable. I mean, it's, it, 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 you, it's no way in the world you can know what you're going to be doing five years from now. You can make a plan and you can have a guide, but it's no telling where, you know, what position you're going to be in career-wise, uh, what position your family's going to be in as a result of your career, um, you know, who knew that, you know, wanting to be a civil rights activist or a civil rights, you know, enthusiast, uh, enthusiast is such a terrible term, but that it would turn into politics. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they both have law degrees, Harvard, correct? Mm, I feel like she went to Yale. Okay. One of those Ivy League schools. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they both had Ivy League educations, yes. Yeah, I mean, but even think about it now, like she has to show up on events occasionally, but you know, he he did what he could and he he took a step back, you know? But I think it's always tough. I mean, cuz like I feel like your purpose comes comes from uh energy and God, and it's like, you know, women like our wives and you know, keeping a square, it's tough because it's like here you you're getting all these visions of what you should be doing. Um, but like, I think sometimes our wives just kind of want us to fit that, that role of like, would like leave it to be the beaver's dad was he goes to work, he comes home, he said, Hey, how's everybody's day? And he sits down at the table, everybody eats dinner. He comes home, he spends some time with his wife and he go to bed. That's like a, ro- that's a robot. It's not reality. Sometimes, um, not only men, but women too. Like, cause think about, have we ever thought about what Kamala Harris's, uh, you know, husband, how he feels? He may or not be supportive about her, you know, her endeavors. But, you know, I guess we'll have to wait till the book comes out. Right. You know? Well, Michelle and Barack were both vocal throughout the whole process. So no one had to find that out in a book because they spoke about it. Um, they were honest about them going through therapy. They were honest about. Um, their struggles with Michelle not wanting Brock to enter politics and how she thought that it was unfair to their children and the life that they originally designed for each other. And so I don't think it was a secretive thing. I think it was just kind of letting people or allowing people in to kind of normalize these conversations within marriage. Because I know that is something that I struggle with. Like your vision of what you want to do and how you should lead your life my vision of what I believe and how I thought of leading my life, sometimes those things don't always overlap. And then we find ourselves in this gray area where it's like, well, this is what I know I want to do. And you're like, well, this is what I know I want to do. And then it's like, well, where does that leave us? Well, uh, what's your take on, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to throw two topics out there and see if they mesh well. Okay. Evolution as opposed to simplicity. You know what I mean? I agree. And that's where I agree. And that's where I'm I'm trying to tackle how people, how do you think our minds should kind of work? How should people deal with that? Because oftentimes people throw in the towel. She could have easily said, Brock, I told you three elections ago that I didn't want, you know, I didn't want this life of politics. Yeah. And you know what? I don't want to leave Chicago. And so we're going to get a divorce. I'm going to live here. 
I'm going to work and continue to work in my job that I love. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to raise our children. And we see you when we see you. Yeah, she no could doubt. have said that. Yeah. But she did not. So I think I'm trying to get to this point where I'm having these thoughts of people want to throw in the towel, but those things can be worked out. They can be redefined. Like you were saying, there can be an evolution. But how do you get to that evolution? If we can tie in our first segment, it's the 20%, baby. And I'm not saying that the 80% can have, you know, out of that 80%, the 20% can't be passion mm-hmm. somewhere in that 80 But I think that that undying 20% of, of passion and just straight love and attraction, you know what I mean? Like, that's what gets you through it. Yeah. So just realizing that you married a good person and... No, knowing that you can't live without the other half. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you, y'all going to go through some stuff. Y'all definitely are going to go through some stuff. And it's it's going to be uh it's it's going to be rough. But, you know, if this is a decision you willing to stick with, come along for the ride. And we all know that saying like, do you want to be right or do you want to be married? But I do feel like there are certain times where you feel as though somebody has to be right. There well, has to be a direction right well, now. Baby, we even even we know that. Marriage yeah. is compromised. If you want to be uh, uh, right 100% of the time, then you want to be single. Yeah, no, not being right 100% of the time. I'm saying there are situ Like, we've talked in the podcast before about how, for the most part, and even we did it earlier, we just respectfully disagree. Like, oh, yeah. I see how you got there. Yeah. That's cool. And you're like, all right, T, I see how you got there. But there are different, there are certain situations that arise where there isn't, uh oh, we can agree to disagree. It's yeah. a we need a definitive answer about how we're going to approach this. And, and see, yes, there have been moments in our marriage where I 100% believe that, but I, I'm a person that lives in the gray area. But I'm saying, babe, no, I feel like how, I'm trying to wrap my mind and kind of talk out with you. How can people get there? Like how, you know, it, even for us, like it just in general. How can we get there? How can we look at a situation and say, all right, let's make a plan for this part? I feel like effort on both sides. I don't think it's something that you can just study and read about or hear other people talk about it. I think if you want to be married and you want to be married to that person or you want a relationship to be successful, Mm -hmm. you're going to deal with those moments where your stomach feels like, ah, I'm upset, you know. But we're going to work through this thing because, you know. That that twenty percent I talk about, but I think anger will dissipate, right? We get upset. I'm not talking about just a regular argument, and you get upset. I'm no, talking. I mean, even disagreements are life choices. I, I feel like that's what I'm talking about. There's a life choice that has to be made. How do you deal with it? Because like looking at this situation with Barack and Michelle, like I said, Michelle could have did her own thing, and Barack could have said, "This is my mission. I'm running for it. This is my chance." But instead, they work through it. So like. How do people get to that point <laughs> of their a, a decision was made? He ran, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he won, and, and they moved to the White House. Baby, so, hours and hours and hours of conversation until you guys can get to a point where you agree. It's just like when you're sitting in a room um, in politics, actually, which is quite funny that you know it kind of compares. Um, they have to sit in a room until they come to a decision, or when like the jury has to come out and make a decision on. Um, you know, on on a court judgment, they have to sit into the room until, you know, a certain percentage or you you have to come to some sort of agreement. So you have to talk out scenarios. You have to kind of get into the grit. And sometimes that can act, that can take hours or even weeks. And I know there's people out there that might be like, well, I've tried talking to my boyfriend. I've tried talking to my husband. I've tried talking to my best friend and we aren't getting anywhere. So it's like, then what? And you don't have to have the answer, yeah, but that's what yeah. I'm that's what I'm saying. No, I'm, like, just, I'm just, you know, I wish that there was some sort of video here. I'm just shaking my head like, yeah, okay, all right. It's the then yeah. what? And, you know, maybe reading through, you know, um, the book from Barack's point of view, maybe we kind of get there. Um, but I just, I want to know, you know, yeah, they went to therapy and, and mm-hmm. they kind of, you know, did this and that, but... She must have felt something to leave the job she loved, the new home in a nice area that they just were able to purchase, 
and 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 be dived into this world where the public was in on their every move. Well, honey, I think you, uh, you know, <laughs> I think you know who you married. Like, you know, if if uh, for instance, if uh, you're in a relationship with somebody and they seem to always like, not that they're flighty, mm-hmm. um, but they always have something new that they're presenting. You know that this is somebody that's always going to evolve and always change and always have something new that they're working on. Yeah. So there's never going to be that that consistency. That if that's what you're looking for, those are red flags. Like you should know that this never is going to be the same life for thirty, forty, fifty years. Mm-hmm. It's always going to change. And but I think sometimes people think things will change, but it won't necessarily affect me. His changes were things that not only affected himself. It affected his entire family. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like I'm going to decide to invest my side money into a stock. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But there's a difference between I'm going to invest our life savings. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, no doubt. There's a difference between something affecting you and something affecting your family. And so I just that's something that I want to continuously you know, explore and read about and talk about because I do like talking about relationships and marriages and, and you know, I do feel like more people should be together. A lot of people will will get a divorce and then over the course of that time that they're, a, they're not together anymore, they'll kind of replay and think about things that they would have done differently that probably would have resulted in them still being married. Yeah, I mean, uh, prime example, um, you know, I I have grandparents that divorced and were divorced for a few years and they had a sat down and had a cup of coffee one day and then before you knew it they wanted to be back together. You know what I mean? Because they realized that they had the opportunity to work out those issues. So, hmm. Okay. All right. Well, um our last thing I'm about to wrap up the episode is our come again. Come again. Come again. Come again. And this week's come again segment goes to Kirk Franklin's son who recorded the argument between him and his father and shared it that via was, social media. What, are, you, what are your thoughts about that? That was shady. You don't do that to your dad. Your dad has a whole image. He has a whole... The reason that you've lived the life that you've lived is because of your dad and the work that he's done and the image that he's trying to attain. So what that tells me is that you're a spoiled little brat that wants to ruin the image that has probably put you through through school and the shoes and the clothes that you're wearing. The whole lifestyle that you've lived has come from your father. And I think it's very disrespectful. And he didn't even say anything that bad. You know, he said something. He was just enforcing... His masculinity on his son to let him know, like, hey, man. You're not about to talk to me like that. Exactly. You know, you need to have a respect level for your elders. You need to respect. He didn't use colorful words, you know, that we wanted him to use. Because I would have loved to hear Kirk Franklin use some colorful words. But he didn't, you know. He did. He cursed. That wasn't, it wasn't colorful enough for me. Oh, okay. It wasn't Bernie Mac level. I don't know if I listened (laughs) to the entire thing then. Because people were saying, you know. Maybe people were, were slicing it, but I'm going to get to that in a moment. Mm-hmm. But my thoughts, I was just like, okay, he's human. That happened. His son did him dirty. It's out there. It is what it is. And um, I was listening to Quicksilver show, which is a local DMV uh, radio show and they were talking about it on the show and they had people call in and give their opinions. And mainly they were kind of focused on you know, do you argue with your family via social media? Like, is that ever, like, a thing? And so one guy, he wanted to specifically talk about the Kirk situation. So when he called in, his take was that, you know, his son, one, shouldn't have put it out there, um, but us as a people shouldn't have sensationalized it. And he was just saying how we need to take care of each other and— what we are ingesting through media or what we are choosing Honey, to... I'm, 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 I'm not mad at Kirk. I'm mad at his son. Oh, I no, think no, his no. son I know. was out I'm of just, pocket. I'm just saying, you know? I'm, I'm talking about the guy that called in. Like, I thought his Facts. I thought his take was really good because everybody was calling in and was like, uh-huh, he should, you know what I'm saying? Like, my, me and my sister argued over the PlayStation the other day. Like, it was like that. And he called in like this breath of fresh air and he was like, look, 
you know, that's that man's son. Whatever happened between them has nothing to do with us. I'm going to always G-check my son. I don't care if I'm 60 years old. I don't care if I'm 85 years old and I can barely walk. I'm going to walk up to my son that has the ability, and I will check that brother, you know? so I think Kirk had the right to check him. And, you know, of course, these days, everyone feels the need to apologize. Stupid cancel and I culture. Feel like, I feel like you should apologize if it is a social justice issue. But me speaking on my family, as long as I didn't physically abuse somebody in my family, I feel that that's a private matter and we're going to keep it pushing. Yeah. My statement would have been, my child should not have put that out. I, I'm sorry that the world had to listen oh, to my oh, family oh, issue. Well, why didn't we get the reason why Kirk Franklin had to res- respond in that fashion? We didn't get that story. No, but he probably felt that he had to. He probably felt that as a Christian musician, as this big figure in gospel music, that he shouldn't speak that way. When we all know half the We're deacons, human. half the church members, half the whatever— you know, people are living a quote-unquote secular life in some facet. And so I thought that at least in his apology, which I don't think he should have given, but at least in his apology, he did say that, like, to the tone of, we're humans and I'm always working on myself. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's the factor, is that I, I, mean, I still rock with Kirk. Because the thing about it is, is that we're all imperfect, um, you know, without getting too deep into religion, there's the battle between the spirit and the flesh. And, you know, sometimes it's a wavering factor. So and we leave it at that. And when talking about the spirit, the flesh, your soul, like, what are you doing right now to feed your soul? Mm. Like, for mm-hmm. me, it changes, right? I was doing the Smart Tea segment and I was kind of, you know, sharing the goals that I was setting up each month. And, you know, what I was working towards. And even though I wasn't hitting every mark that I wanted to, uh, at the end of the month, I was kind of sharing what I gleaned from that experience and from routines I was trying to put in place. And so before, you know, at the top of the year, um, reading was definitely something that was like feeding my soul. Right. Uh, Writing the podcast during the pandemic was something at that moment that was like feeding my soul. Yeah. Um, and in this moment, I feel it right now, and I am yeah. really, I'm you thoroughly and, enjoying you it. You in your bag, T. Yeah, but, young. <laughs> but um, I I also, like, have this group that I check in with every now and again. And, you know, at that moment, I was sharing with them that, like, you know, during doing different exercises and different routines and that nature, you know, walking, all of that was really, like, feeding my soul. But right now, in this moment, I could say feeling. Yeah. Like, legit just trying to feel. Sometimes I feel like we gloss over so much that we aren't feeling anything. Yeah. And, you know, the other day, you know, Trav and I was trying to trying to work out something, and he, I was just letting him talk, letting him, you know, get things off of his chest. And, you know, he was really looking at me like, why are you being so quiet? And I just wanted to be intentional in that moment. I wanted to feel. I wanted to hear what was being said. I wanted to be critical of it, but not with my mouth, but with my mind and my heart. Yeah. And um, just making that that uh, decision to be intentional. And I've been talking about it, you know, for a moment, especially throughout the pandemic, about being present. Yeah. So I think now I'm kind of moving on to, like, just being very intentional with my time and with my... Like, I haven't really been on social media that much. I haven't even been putting, like, a lot of posts me, for me the either. podcast me up. Either. I haven't been, you know... I haven't been doing that as much, but I feel very present with the property outside of our home. Yeah. Of being outside and, and talking to my neighbor over the fence. And, you know, I yeah. feel very intentional with that. I feel very present and intentional with my kids and, you know, watching a movie or taking a drive and laughing about something. Like, I feel that. Yeah. And so, on to you. What are you doing in this present moment that is like feeding your soul? Oh, my creativity level is at a thousand right now. Mm. I've been out, like you said, the property, being outside and and the weather changing a little bit, being outside and just getting ideas and writing things down and, you know, uh, you know, doing a lot of my pastimes, you know, when it comes to art and just just really enjoying it. And um, 
actually taking a stronghold. I think I shared this with you um, a couple of weeks ago was, um, you know, my job was kind of giving me a hard time. That's sort of the reason why, guys, we haven't been as consistent with the pod is, um, you know, my workload just kind of doubled on me out of nowhere. And uh, I kind of took charge. I was able to say, hey, you know what? This is my formula for success. It's always worked in the past. I understand that there's, new, uh, you know, a new process, but I'm, I'm going to do it my way. You know what I mean? So just kind of taking charge and then also letting my creativity flow. And it's just been it's been good for me. And then also my expression levels, whereas I'm usually one of those people that aren't really I really don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to seem like the abrasive person. So I just kind of like, you know, I, I respond in a mundane way. It's just like, oh, you know, I don't want to rock the boat. But now I've just been extremely expressive and. I think it has something to do with me being super expressive in my art and and being creative. So mm-hmm. that's that's what's been keeping me like lively and and happy and it's just I can express myself in so many different ways vocally, you know, and then and then in art and then create creatively. Um that's what's been keeping me going. That's awesome, babe. Yeah. So what's your takeaway of today's conversation? My takeaway is if your son is on the phone talking smack to you. <laughs> Don't even say nothing to him until you see him in person because he might got you on record on the iPhone. <laughs> um, my takeaway is, you know, you're human. You just have to really be intentional and be present uh, with yourself in each situation. Don't don't always put something in a good or a bad category. Kind of just try to evaluate, you know, what's going on around you, whether that's with your spouse, with a friend, um, with what you're ingesting, with your energy. No doubt. That's all, guys. No you doubt. can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, I Now Pronounce You Pod. You can find us, some of the episodes, uploaded on YouTube under I Now Pronounce You Podcast. Is that what I usually say? Yeah, that's it, baby. <laughs> you can email us at <laughs> I Now Pronounce You Pod at gmail.com. We love DMs. We love emails. We love to hear what you guys are thinking. Please share, rate, subscribe, do all of the things. And until next time. Bye, guys. Stay safe.